everybody. It's an honor to be in the house of God tonight, uh, not specifically in this place in the house of God. Um, this is a most unenviable position that I'm in tonight, as if preaching conferences are not hard enough. And then we're going to take up an offering with Brother Spell, who's told me in the back tonight, I'm not going to be more than seven minutes. <laughs> so tonight, Brother Spell, I'm just going to take seven minutes here and get out of your way. And I got your watch. Amen. Not really. Don't leave. Not really. It's an honor tonight to be in the house of God. I thank you for this privilege and your confidence in me. Probably undeservedly, but thank you. And um, I thank you for your prayers. I give honor tonight to uh, the ministry, to b- the chairman, Brother Booker, and the global chairman, um, Brother King, and um, Brother Buxton, who is the uh, chairman of the Philippines and works there, and I've worked with him. My job is to carry their briefcase wherever they want to go and whatever we want to do. I want to be a part and help in the kingdom of God and I thank you for allowing me that that privilege and that honor also tonight my mother and father is here somewhere and my grandmother who I love and appreciate very much and Malia I love you for all your prayers and your constant support and our children tonight if you'll turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verse number one, and I will tell you this, y'all, if you will help me, I want to get out off this platform as bad as you want me to get off this platform. So if you'll help me, man, we'll help each other. How's that? See, symbiotic relationship there. <laughs> amen. Second Samuel chapter 13 and verse number one. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. That is the introduction to the sons of David in this chapter. And um, let's just stop there. And uh, I'm going to preach tonight a message to you for just a few moments. And literally, I do know how to be short. But I'd like to preach sermons to the children of a dysfunctional king. Sermons to the children of a dysfunctional king. Could you bow your heads and ask the Holy Ghost to anoint me? God, would you help me tonight? I am unworthy. I am in over my head, Jesus. Will you help me tonight? God, would you give me a mouth to speak? Anoint my mouth, but equally anoint these people's ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen. So many of my friends are here tonight praying for me. And I thank you and covet your prayers. I want to give a special call out to my friend, Brother Caleb Adams, who this is the latest he's ever been awake. And so we're thrilled you're here tonight, Brother Adams. Amen. <laughs> Man, I, I really do feel tonight like I have a word from the Lord. Um, I, I've done my best to try to find my way uh, through prayer, through searching God. 
Um, I, I, I felt anointed and then, and then I went to offering time. <laughs> and so I'm trying to get it back. And in the back there, I asked them, what are they going to sing? And Brother Howell said it was a real slow song. And I thought, God, just kill him. Don't let them get up and sing nothing slow. It will never revive this. But they didn't. And I'm starting to tell you tonight that I'm doing the best that I can. I'm like an Irish bagpiper that he was itinerant, traveled all over London, played at flag ceremonies, different things. Uh, he would come up out of the subway, the underground. There was a homeless man. He'd play a little tune, little thing. And the homeless man said, one day I'm going to die. Well, I want you to play at my funeral. He said, I promise you I'll be there and I'll play. And so he found out the man had passed. He was supposed to play and he already had a prior engagement and he went there and he played the engagement thinking he had enough time to make it back. He makes it back. He's late. He's running late, runs down to the subway, finds his way through taxi, makes it to the, the cemetery. And when he gets there, there's three men standing there and they're shoveling dirt in the hole. And he runs up and he says, sir, sirs. He said, it may be a little late. He said, I, but I do feel like I've obligated myself to play at this man, this uh, play at this moment. He said, and I'd like to play. And they said, okay, whatever. And he played. I mean, he played with all his heart. And I mean, he played. And they, he played another song. And he thought, I'm going to make it good. And I'm going to make it right. And so he did this. And, and then he got to play an amazing grace. How sweet the sound. He really felt moved. And when he got all done, he said, thank you for my imposition on your time. Got his bagpipe and was stowing it in a taxi. And the last thing he heard is that man shake his head and say, my mind, never in my life have I heard anything like that. And I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. So I, I do think I, I have a tune to play tonight. I just hope I'm really, I'm really at the right place. I, I hope that this is the right time for such a message as this. And so I've come tonight to tell you that I, I really, really want God to help me to reach those 7.2 billion people that Brother Buxton was preaching and talking about. I want to do my part to reach them. And, and we're living in a world that is, that is dysfunctional. There is a lot of hatred. There's a lot of malice. There is a lot of envy, a lot of strife in our world. And really, when you read this text in 2 Samuel 13 and 1, you find that the 13th chapter is one of the darkest and most lamentable chapters of all of David's story. And you find that the, the preface to this chapter is chapter 10 and chapter 11 and chapter 12, which is the story of David's dysfunctionalism as David was a man anointed, a man, a man that carried the prophetic utterances of the Davidic covenant and the promises of God. But somewhere he got lost in his dysfunction. And as Leonard Cohen wrote a secular song called Hallelujah, he says most lamentably that from the baffled king's lips she drew a broken and cold hallelujah. And so you find these children being raised in the dysfunctionalism of a man who is 
doing what he can, but getting lost in the way. You find that here, the introduction in chapter 13 and verse number 1, it came to pass after this. After what? After the introduction to the dysfunctionalism by a man that had lost his way. And there in these dark and lamentable chapters uh, where David's life appallingly and yet gloriously and amazingly is wrapped up in a collision of the life of Jesus Christ uh, and the promises of a Messiah coming. I find in this text that out of the darkest of the pages of human history comes the brightest lights of covenantal promise. But after this, we find the introduction to these three children of David. And after this, that Absalom, notice the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. It is here that in their sordid fallen state uh, that Absalom uh, begins to look uh, and begin to see his brother. uh, And Amnon the son of David uh, begins to find a way to hurt, uh, to victimize uh, and to come against uh, his his half-sister. And so the the lamentable tragedy of this uh, is that David's sons uh, and subsequently the daughter was a wreck by what he had brought on ensuing. Uh, And so the story goes and it's such a hard passage uh, and a hard text because uh, we don't want to see uh, David in this light. Uh, But here in this you find uh, that David bears this resemblance. Uh, The story goes that Amnon had a friend and you've heard all of that. Uh, And they conspire to find a way in which he can violate his sister and bring her to tragic end. And so he does so. And the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 13, she begs him, don't do this. And the Bible says in verse 15, then Amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise and be gone. She said unto them, There is no cause this evil in sending me away is greater. He called unto his servant and said, Put her out, uh, that I may see her no more, and bolt the door. I had just recently been preaching through the, the, the story of David uh, and had gotten through it and was sitting on the platform of my little church and I was praying. And the Lord began to deal with my heart and said, have you preached uh, uh, to these children? And I, I'm not, not really feeling what he was saying into my spirit. Uh, uh, I, I began to think, I just preached on this. I just went down and it came so strong. Uh, you told us what you know, 
about them. You talked about them. But have you preached to them? I began to sit on the platform praying, God, what would I preach to them? Why would I preach to them? Tamar is not here and Amnon, thankfully, is far gone distant past. And Absalom, the avenger, is bygones and bygones. But then I began to realize that in that 7.2 billion people, you're only going to reach, and each one is in three categories. They're either Amnon, the aggressor, or they are Absalom, the avenger, or they are Tamar, the victim. And in those three categories, basically, I'm sure brighter minds than mine can, can expand on this, but in these three categories is all of humanity. We all live in a world where there is dysfunction and where there is things that are that are wild and hard to wrap our minds and spirits. This story is not a fairy tale. It is a story that happens in humanity. Real people was hurt and real lives were tragically impacted in this story. It is here that I'd like to preach for just a second to Amnon the aggressor. My first sermon to him would be that you don't have to do this. You don't seem to be very repentant and you have sinned terribly. But even if you are the most horrible and despicable person in this story, you deserve to hear the message of what I've come to preach. I've got people sitting on the pews in Yucaipa that I don't like their reputations. I don't like their rap sheets and what they've done. But somewhere you got to preach to the children of a dysfunctional king. Somewhere the world isn't perfect and everything isn't the way that we would like it to be. There are broken lives and broken reputations and broken worlds. I would tell Amnon tonight, uh, you deserve probably to die. You're a, you're a horrible creature uh, to violate uh, your, your half-sister like this. But I'm going to tell you, Amnon, uh, you can't understand this uh, because you're locked up in this chapter. Uh, but Matthew chapter 1 uh, and verse number 1, Amnon, uh, said that there, this is the lineage uh, of the son of Abraham, uh, the son of David. Uh, I would preach to Amnon tonight uh, that Amnon you got a brother uh, and Absalom you can't see it uh, he's going to call you to dinner uh, he's ate up with vengeance against you uh, Absalom are going to have you uh, but Amnon you don't know this you can't uh, but down the course of time uh, you have another brother uh, who is able to die uh, for your sins uh, one brother's going to kill you uh, one brother's going to get you uh, but another brother brother. You don't know him, but he's another son of David. He's going to die for you. Amnon, you don't have to do this. Amnon, you're blinded by your lust. You're blinded by your anger. You're blinded by your blasphemy. But your one brother's coming for you. You're going to have dinner and your dad isn't going to come to protect you. And in that moment when your father is not there, your brother is going to tell his servants, take a knife and put it in him. Kill him for what he did. Because vengeance deserves this. But Amnon, 
Amnon, if you could hear the gospel. Amnon, if you could hear me preach. You have another brother who's not Absalom. You have a brother named Jesus Christ, the righteous, who will die. Yes, you deserve to die. You deserve to pain. You deserve to perish. But there's another brother coming who will climb up on a cross and die for you. I'm going to tell you what missions night ought to be. Missions night ought to be a driving impulse uh, that we're going to preach to every creature, uh, not just the rich, uh, not just the poor. Uh, not, I'm going to preach to them in prison, uh, preach to them that are good, uh, preach to them that are bad. If you're in prison ministries, keep going to prisons and preaching to them. Amnon needs to hear about another brother. Amnon needs to know that there's a son of David he hasn't met. And that son of David, while you deserve to die, Amnon, will trade places with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But judgment is coming, Amnon, if you don't repent. Judgment is coming. The true son of David will take the wrath of God. He will pay the penalty for sin. He will pay the penalty for what you have done. Amnon, he's coming. Amen. You do, you're going to meet one of your brothers, Amnon. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. You're going to meet him. And you have a choice, Amnon. You can either meet the one Absalom who is going to take judgment into his own hands or you can meet one called Jesus Christ who will take judgment into his own body and let them put nails in his hands a spear in his side a crown of thorns on his head and yes deservedly so you will die unless you fall on the mercy of your other brother the brother named Jesus Christ the son of David who is righteous and pure and true and without guile I'm preaching the gospel tonight and I want to preach the gospel to all those 7.2 billion people and in order to do so I have to look beyond their story and I have to get them the story not of me not of Doug Walker I can't get them the story of you or of some I gotta get them the story of another brother coming Jesus Christ the son of David because every man is gonna be held accountable for what he's done but you that are in this room you have the power to preach Christ and him crucified why would I preach anything less why would I demean my ministry why would I belittle my calling to preach gossip why would I belittle myself to preach anything besides Christ and him crucified I am determined to know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified I got to move on. I got two more children to preach to real quick. Hey man, I got to preach now to Absalom. The Bible says in the book of 2 Samuel. In 2 Samuel, hey man, the Bible says that 21, when David heard these things, he was wroth. He was very, very angry, but he did nothing. He never even went and visited his daughter. He never even bothered to go see her. He never even bothered to interact with her. Because when you have a guilty conscience, man, it's hard to get your hands wrapped around the dysfunction of the world we live in. That's why holiness 
is so powerful to the church. Amen. The reason I don't watch some things and the reason I don't get on the internet and get in all that because God wants us to be liberated. Not because we're better than anybody, but because there's dysfunction that needs our voice. There's dysfunction that needs us in the authority of the Holy Ghost. But if you're in sin, if we're living a double life, we're a little bit left-footed when it comes to operating in the apostolic gifts. A little scared because I watched this or did that. It's time the movement understands we got to be clean because we got to go to dinner with a dysfunctional world. (laughs) Hallelujah. But David couldn't come to the dinner. And so Absalom gave voice and said, come on up, Amnon, go with us. All the boys are coming together to eat. In verse 28, now Absalom had commanded his servants saying, mark ye now, when Amnon's heart is drunk and merry with wine, when I send to you, I want you to get him and kill him and don't be afraid. Have not I commanded you, be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded And all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up on his mule and took off. Amen. I would, I would, I would preach to Absalom tonight. If Absalom was in this building, I'd tell Absalom, Absalom, I totally understand your anger and your wrath at injustice. And I understand why that you're so bothered and you're so troubled with the things uh, that you're wrestling with. Uh, I would tell Absalom that I I know you're angry at injustice uh, and I see your disillusioned mind uh, and how you have seen the abdication of judgment in your dad. But beware of a root of bitterness, Absalom. Uh, Don't take the judgment into your own hands. Uh, I'd tell Absalom, Absalom, you can't see this. You don't know this because you're trapped in the horror of a broken world. But if you could walk through the pages of Holy Writ with a gospel preacher for a second, I'd take you to Hebrews 12 and I'd read verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. I would tell Absalom, Absalom, listen, buddy, I get what you're so mad but let me take you to Romans chapter 12 and verse number 19 dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place under wrath Absalom it is written vengeance is mine saith the Lord I will repay Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Absalom, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. If I had Absalom in this room tonight, I would tell him, don't compound your your lustful brother Amnon's sins and your father David's struggle, but submit yourself to your other brother Jesus Christ who can handle vengeance and never get bitter I want to tell you tonight church we cannot handle vengeance we will abort revival taking judgment into our own hands 
I'm not your brother that can right the wrongs. Yes, I'm aggravated by injustices, but don't dis- it'll destroy me if I take up the banner and lay the gospel aside to go fight somebody's battle that isn't even mine. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you right now. There are children of a dysfunctional king that need to hear the message. They're trapped in their bitterness. Locked in a prison of hatred. Puking over and over the hash and rehash of somebody did somebody wrong. I can't get into that. It'll lead my guts out. And I'll end up bitter and destroying my family. Absalom, Absalom, you can't know this, buddy. But listen to me tonight. Absalom, you don't have to take that into your own hands. You have a brother who the Bible says in Acts 10 and 42 is ordained of God to be the judge of all and will judge the quick and the dead. Absalom, abdicate yourself from being the judge and be the gospel preacher. Be the revivalist. Be the worshiper. Be the restorer. I would tell Absalom... Absalom, listen to me, please. Hear me out. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Jude that your older brother, amen, Jesus Christ the righteous is coming back with ten thousands of his saints to do what? To execute judgment on all of the ungodly and their ungodly deeds. Absalom, you're a son of David, buddy. You're going to inherit the greatest power in that world at that time. Don't abandon it all to hate on anybody. No, no, we got a revival at stake. We got a worldwide revival. We can't get involved in the retribution of vengeance. Absalom, your brother's coming. And when your brother gets here, it may take a long time coming, buddy, but he's going to sort it all out in the end. Brother Booker, you preach. God's the judge. I'm not the judge. It's, it's not my place to be the judge. You know why? It'll eat my guts out. Amen. It'll eat, it'll eat my vision out. It'll eat revival out. Amen. You know what I'm good for? I'm the guy that's supposed to be preaching. God can do anything. God can do everything. Let, let, let the fight go. But you gotta understand, I can't take the vengeance into my own spirit. You Kaipa will die. My babies won't have revival. My family won't get it. Absalom, your brother's coming. And when your brother gets here, you have to have faith that he's going to sort it all out in the end. Anyhow, amen, Absalom, it's, it's coming. But if you take it into your own spirit, what's going to happen is you are going to end up becoming a murderer. And you're going to end up not, you're doing the best that you can, Absalom. But even at the best you can do, do you understand that the best that we can do is not enough unless we're preaching Christ and him crucified? And if Christ and him crucified isn't the answer to the world today, we don't have anything here. If Jesus Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection cannot give me revival, I don't have nothing. Amen. But that which is dead and rose again, for Paul said, if that resurrection didn't happen, then, then we're all buried in vain and the dead will not rise again in the end. The only hope I got is that Jesus will sort it out. 
You know how many cases we have come in our church sat down? Pastor, this one did me wrong. I'm not talking about church people now. Y'all can add what you want. You can put apply it where you want. I'm talking about worldly people that come in that's been abused by their parents, that's been molested. Hey, man, I'm talking about people that have lives that make me lay my head on my desk and cry like a baby sometimes. They don't need me to try to be the savior. They need me to back out, to bow out and say... Here's Jesus Christ. I'm not the brother that's going to fix it. There's another brother coming. And when he gets here, he's going to love you. He's going to wrap hope. He's going to wrap his spirit around you. He's going to put glory in you. He's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'm not your perfect preacher. I'm not the perfect church. But I got a brother, the son of David, who's coming. He's coming to heal. He's coming to restore. He's coming to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it, Absalom. Don't get involved. It's not for you. You got good intentions. And at best, at best, Absalom, all you can do is help her in her inflicted exile. That's all you can do. The Bible says that Absalom, so Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Do you understand that, that, that man's vengeance only leaves you desolate in someone else's house. It doesn't give you victory. It doesn't wash bitterness out. It doesn't relinquish us from the problems. It just it just leaves us desolate. And a dear brother, a good brother, brother better than Amnon, I'll say, but so far short of what this girl needed. And so that takes me to what I need to preach to tonight. I need to preach to Tamar. Dearly beloved Tamar. Beautiful, eloquent, gorgeous Tamar that was defiled in the house of a dysfunctional king. And that girl that had been, that had been soiled and her reputation turned sordid. Man, she never heard. She thought Absalom was the best hope she'd ever have. And when Absalom came to her, oh, Absalom, my, my savior, my friend, my, oh, Absalom, the one that can help me and fix this mess. Uh, if Absalom would have been smart, you know what he'd have said? No, no, Tamar. No, no, no. See, you can't do that to my friendship. You can't add extortionary usury rates that I got to hate somebody, man, to be your friend because it'll eat me up. It'll destroy me. I can't do that. I got people to preach to. We got a world to win. We got people to reach. Don't don't charge your friendships on the basis of mutual dislike and distrust. What kind of foundation of friendship and fellowship is that? Hey man, Tamar, I'm, I'm, I'm mad too, baby. I'm so angry at the injustices of life. But honey, we got to do something at the table beside hash and rehash. Somebody did somebody wrong. Because it's starting to take my joy. It's starting to take my spirit. Fellowship cannot be built on the rickety scaffolding of mutual dislikes and doubts. Oh, no, no, no. I need friends who appeal to bring out my greater visions, not my baser suspicions. I got a world to preach to. I got souls to save. I don't have time for the gossip. 
my God, 7.2 billion people going to hell. I've got to do something more than just hash and rehash somewhere. I've got to get in the book and start telling Tamar, I'm not the brother. I'm not the one. But honey, don't lose faith. There's one coming. There's one coming who will sort it all out. Hallelujah. Tamar, Tamar, listen to me. This is the way we got to reach this world. Brother Williams, how many come in and are broken, twisted victims of everything that's gone wrong? Amen. And sadly, but truthfully, some of them have been hurt in church. Some of them didn't get their wounds outside. Some of them got their wounds inside. But you know what? You can't get involved in that mess either. Because that'll do you wrong too. And that'll kill me too. So what I got to do is I got to walk into Tamar and say, girl, listen to me. I beg you, don't judge the whole Davidic covenant based on one brother. Don't judge the church because somebody did you wrong somewhere. And don't judge your pastor because he couldn't wave a magic wand and fix it all. I'm doing the best I can with the tools that I have. And I need more anointing. And I need more revelation. But I beg you, Tamar. Yes, you've been done wrong. But I'm not the one to right your wrong. But Tamar, Tamar, let me preach to you a second and I'll be done. Tamar, I wish I could tell you this. You, you think the whole, Tamar's throwing away the whole Davidic covenant because if that's God, I don't want nothing to do it. Let me tell you something. We've been, we've had atheists come in our church, get baptized and get the Holy Ghost. So what was you for? You got here as an atheist. I said, really was you? Well, he said, actually, not really. I just looked at church folks and said, if that's God, I don't want God. They really wanted an atheist. They just, they just had Absalom and Amnon as, as, a, as a witness. But what would happen if Absalom would get on his knees and tell Tamar, Tamar, listen world, listen 7.2 billion people. Man, don't judge everything the church is and isn't by, by me, by anyone here, by anyone here. Look at this handful of people here tonight and the weight of 7.2 billion. You think we're going to do everything right? You think every missionary endeavor is going to go off 100% and there's not going to be ever losses and there's not going to be ever confusion. No, we're doing the best we can with what we got. But don't throw away the kingdom of God because you found inconsistency in somebody. There's another brother that you've got to consider that hasn't made the mistakes that I've made that can do more than what I can. I'd preach to Tamar and tell her, 
Amen. Absalom's hot with vengeance. Amen. But his brand of justice can't redeem anybody. You need a son of David who will not inflict pain, but will absorb the pain of your life. Isaiah chapter 53 and 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. There's another brother who's never hurt anybody, but has borne our sorrow. I feel that brother in this house right now. I feel another son of David walking across this platform. Say, tell him for me that I love him. Tell him for me I'll die for him. Oh, God, help me. Matthew chapter 12, verse 20. A bruised reed he shall not break. And a smoking flax he shall not quench. Till he send forth judgment unto victory. Tamar, there's another one coming. Who will never lay a finger on you. But he's righteous. He's a gentleman. He's a tender shepherd. He's a lily in the valley. He's a bright and morning star. He's never in flick. I know you've been hurt. But your brother's coming. Don't throw away your David's. Don't throw away your promise. Don't throw away your covenants. You haven't seen the whole house of David yet. Because somewhere in the darkest pages of human history. And the most lamentable nights. Came a voice that said I am Jesus. The son of David. Come on, worship the Lord with me just a second. Ezekiel chapter 34 and 16. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. And will bind up that which is broken and will strengthen that which was sick. Hey man, there's another brother you got coming. Hey man, world, 7.2 billion people. I come to tell you, you haven't seen the final act yet. You haven't seen the greatest show. There's one coming who's going to go find the Tamars, the raped and the pillaged, the abused, and those in cultures where they never heard the gospel. There cometh one. Amen. Thou son of David that gathered Absalom, you just worship me. Amnon, you just sit down. Tamar, come here. I love you. Don't throw away the church. Don't throw away Christianity. Don't throw away religion because somebody hurt you. I believe he's coming. And I believe he's going to gather in his flock. And I believe he's going to gather in a mass of people that will pray and cry and search for the Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ the righteous is coming in this house. Isaiah 61, 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach glad tidings unto the meek. And he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. And to give unto them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise 
for the spirit of heaviness. I prophesy against the spirit of heaviness and darkness looming over our world. And I tell you tonight, there's another brother coming who's going to restore your joy. Who's going to give you the oil and take out the sadness and the mourning and restore dancing and praise. When you read this, the Bible says in 2 Samuel 13 that Tamar was a girl and she was robed eloquently in colored garments as the virgin princesses. She had beautiful clothes, but when she got violated, she threw them away. But I'm going to tell you something, Tamar. I'm going to tell you something, world. You got another brother. You thought you lost that. You thought that you couldn't have that back. But he's coming with your garments. He's got you. Oh, I know. You've soiled your reputation. You've, you've done wrong. And maybe somebody's done wrong against you. But your other brother is going to give back what humanity stripped from you. Your other brother's coming. He's coming. And he's going to walk in this house. And he's going to give you back the garments of praise. Tamar, you'll dance again. World, you'll shout again. You just got to get the Holy Ghost. You just got to speak with other tongues as the Spirit. (laughs) Your world is ready for revival. They're ready for a move of God. You know why? Because they're hurting. They're dying. Amen. They don't have any garments. And they're telling their brother, you don't have anything. You've stripped me of everything. But they're not hearing Christ preached. If they'd hear us preach Jesus, they'd realize I get it all back in the end. Help me preach just a second. I'm done. Amen. Almost done. Two more minutes for a spell. Amen. Two more spell minutes. Amen. Get for me Luke chapter 1. Amen. Luke chapter 1 verse 35. Amen. Here it comes. This is what your Bible says. Your Bible doesn't declare that the world's going to self-medicate itself. Right. Preach. Nope. Nope. And what it says. It didn't say, hang on boys. And you're going to be able to psychoanalyze each other. Until you get all kinds of fixed. That's not what it says. You know what it says? Hey man, your Bible says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be called, born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Hey man, and we shout about that. But there's another part of this. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the highest and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David amen Tamar you got more hope than you've ever dreamed of Tamar you can have the Holy Ghost tonight backslider you can pray through right now world you could be redeemed in a matter of seconds somebody died to love on you 
Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost move in this place a second. You got a job to do. You got to go home. Come on, get ready to sing, girls. You got a job to go preach. You got another brother to preach about. Don't talk about people. Don't preach about stuff for them. Preach your other brother. And if you think that's the good part, that's not the good part. The good part's Luke chapter 18, where there was a blind man laying in the street, and he was couldn't see. Come on, and he's laying there crying, and he's laying there, and he wants to see more than he wants anything in his world. He's just tired of being blind. He's never seen a tree. He's never seen anybody walk. He's just sick of being this. Now, people called Jesus all kinds of stuff. They called him rabbi. And he said, how do you call me that? You don't obey what I say. They called him a teacher. Even one man said, thou art good or great. He said, you don't call any of us good or great. There's no flesh that's great. But in Luke chapter 18, there's a blind man laying by the side of the road. Amen. He can't see nothing. And Jesus is coming by. And he raises up his voice. Jesus! Thou son of David. And the hair stood up. On the back of Jesus. And he said, that's me. I'm your brother. I'm the one, baby. You've been looking for. I'm here for you. What do you want? They told him, you shut up. Jesus is busy. You shut your mouth. They rebuked him. Amen. Because he should hold his peace. But he screamed all the more. Thou son of David. You can't find me one place in the Bible. Where anybody ever called Jesus. Son of David. That he didn't heal him. You know why? Because he turned around. And he saw Tamar. Blinded in her pain. Blinded in her rage. Blinded in her victory. Optimization and said, Be thou made whole. You shut up. You shut up. Jesus is busy. Rabbi's busy. Master's busy. Teacher's busy. Hey man, son of the carpenter's busy. But somebody else called him Jesus. Thou son of David. He didn't look around a blind man. Just give me just a little bit of liberty right here. And Jesus didn't, he didn't turn around and see a blind Bartimaeus only. Jesus heard the voice of Amnon blinded in his lust. I want off pornography. I want off of that. I want out of the addiction of sin. Yeah, that's what we're preaching. That's what we're doing. We're digging them out, brother. And he saw that man blinded by his lust, objectifying a woman's body. And he said, I'm your man. I'm the son of David. Be thou made whole. And he was healed. Or he turned around and he saw Absalom blinded in his rage, blinded at the injustices of life, blinded at who said what about whom. And he turned around and said, Absalom, open your eyes. Look at me, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Or Tamar victimized, broken brother, battered, 
wounded, full of hate, living a life of sin and degradation, trying to get some dirty things, fingerprints off of her. Amen. Young man committing all kinds of stuff because somebody did him wrong. And Jesus turned around and said, boy, open your eyes because when you shut down in your own thoughts, all the choice you have is Absalom or Amnon. But open your eyes. You're going to walk in our churches and we're going to preach to you Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. Amen. This is the lineage of Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David. And you're going to get healed. We're going to win the world. We're going to baptize them because we're going to preach. There's another brother. Mom, I don't know what you need tonight. I don't know what you're working with, Pastor. Mom, I don't know what your boy or what your daughter's trapped in. But if you start screaming, Jesus, thou son of David, I believe the chains of pornography that's got your baby can come off right now. I believe that the spirit of addiction can be loosed right now. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on our world. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on the United States of America. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on our states. Come on, somebody needs to cry to the one. city. Cry out for your ministry. Open Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on our nation. You're the one we need. You're the one the backslider needs. 